This is South Florida Sunday. Thank you for being with us this morning. We are looking forward to talking to our next guest. Dr. Ronald Ford is chief medical officer at our friends at Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. And we're going to talk about uh, a subject that parents need to listen to, COVID-19 and kids. So, uh, Doctor, welcome to South Florida Sunday. Thank you. Good morning. It's always a pleasure to talk with uh, representatives of Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. Uh, you guys have certainly made our community a much better place, and I know you've uh, changed a lot of lives for children and for their parents. And so just to start, I want to thank you and, and everyone at Joe DiMaggio for all the great work that you've done over the years. Thank you. I really appreciate the kind words. We're very proud of what we have here. Well, you do just a great job, and it's just a fabulous facility, and, and uh, it's it's really made South Florida a much better place to live. So we thank you for that. Now, COVID-19 and kids. Uh, that's a subject that we could probably talk for an hour about, um, but... Let's uh, let's start by saying, what do you see as the challenges that Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital faces treating children because of this pandemic? Well, I think we have to understand how this pandemic has affected children um, from the very beginning. You know, we certainly have heard over and over that children are less severely affected than adults are with this, which, which is borne out to be true um, across the globe. Uh, children... Uh, many of them are asymptomatic. Don't, they, they show no signs of illness whatsoever, yet test positive and have docu a documented um, immune response to the infection, but just never get sick. And that's not unusual for kids with any virus uh, to have a, um, an infection that and show virtually no signs of illness. And then many of the children just have very mild symptoms, either mild respiratory symptoms, a runny nose, a cough, a fever for a short period of time. Um, sometimes it shows up as um, GI symptoms with uh, vomiting and diarrhea. Um, but generally, the children that do have symptoms, the symptoms are very mild. They're often, uh, almost always, I would say, uh, able to be treated at home with just um, supportive care by the parents. And um, it, it's pretty unusual to have a child that is sick enough to need to be admitted to the hospital with this. But now, as the child is asymptomatic, that does not mean that they cannot transmit the disease. Right. So um, we're still learning a lot about this, and it will be some time before we fully understand how children play a role in the transmission of this disease in, in communities. Um, it is certain, though, that children who are infected, whether they have symptoms or not, the virus does replicate, the virus does grow, and they can shed the virus in a way that can pass it on to someone else. Um, what's not certain um, as much is how long they can transmit it when they're asymptomatic or, or if their symptoms have resolved. So we're still looking for answers. Um, those answers I'm sure will be forthcoming with all the research that's being done out there, but uh, it, it is a tough question to answer right now. But certainly when they are infected initially, they are, and, and when they're sick, they, they are capable of transmitting this um, virus to other people. Uh, now, I don't want to put you on the spot, but um, how does this work with reopening schools? Um, if it was, we've heard that children are kind of, um, uh, they don't get as sick and sometimes they're asymptomatic, but there's a possibility of them going to school and then bringing maybe the disease to the teachers or the administrators or maybe uh, bringing it home uh, to their families. 
Um, yeah. How can we prevent that? Well, I think that when you're talking about putting any group of people, regardless of their age, in close proximity to one another, um, you know, we still have to be smart about this. We still have to pay attention to social distancing guidelines. We still have to pay attention to good hand hygiene um, and, you know, really, and, and, and masking and, and keeping and, and doing everything we know we can do to reduce the chances of transmitting this uh, virus from one person to another, whether it be from child to child, from child to adult, from adult to adult. So when you're talking about reopening schools and bringing kids back physically together, first and foremost, we need to pay attention to these guidelines so we really reduce the, the risk. Um, you know, it, it's the, the teachers, uh, I understand, have expressed some concern. I, I can understand that. Uh, I think that it's a tough decision to make on how to reopen schools and when to, but I think that there is a role for doing it, um, you know, smartly based on the evidence that we have on how to limit the transmission of this um, infection from person to person. Well, I appreciate you answering that question. Here's another hardball. Um, you said you were saying that we're we're learning a lot about this uh, the coronavirus. Do we know much? I mean, uh, sometimes I think the average person on the street gets the feeling that we really don't know how it spread, where it came from, how to stop it. What kind of uh, do we know anything really about this disease? Yeah, we've learned quite a bit, and and, and you know this isn't without precedent. You know, other um, coronavirus. Now, the coronavirus actually is a fan, describes a family of viruses, mm -hmm. and there um, are many types, many members of that family, and there are coronaviruses that are around every year that we don't pay any attention to because they may cause some minor symptoms, you know, and they come and go just like any other minor infection, but we really don't pay a lot of attention to them because um, they don't impact us like um, the COVID coronavirus has. And then we do have a history of having other uh, coronavirus type of pandemics with uh, SARS was caused by mm -hmm. a coronavirus and MERS was caused by a coronavirus. These, you know, did not in any way come close to reaching the number of people that this pandemic has. Um, but we do know a lot because there are similarities between one coronavirus and another. They're not the same, but there are certain similarities. So from that standpoint, you know, we do know something about how these viruses are transmitted, how they um, interact with the human body. What makes this one challenging is the scale on which it's affected our globe. Mm -hmm. um, and this is really unprecedented in modern times for us because we're talking about um, millions and millions of people who have been affected, hundreds of thousands of people who have succumbed to this. Um, and so, and we're seeing some, some uh, manifestations or some um, of this in children, for instance, that we haven't seen with other coronaviruses. So the answer is yes, we do know a lot, but each one is a little different. Um, this one is different from most of the other ones that we've seen in the past, and so there's still a lot to be learned. Uh, do you have children at Joe DiMaggio who you're treating for coronavirus? Yeah, we typically have um, anywhere from four to ten children um, in the hospital at any given time right now who are here for coronavirus-related um, illnesses. Is the hospital on lockdown? No, we have implemented some um, um, 
policies because of the pandemic to really protect um, our staff, our patients, and their families that come in um, to the hospital for um, care. So, you know, if you come into our hospital right now, first thing you're going to notice is that there's not very many people here because we really have restricted um, visitation to just immediate family and um, not allowing people that don't really need to be in the building here. The second thing you'll notice is that everyone that you see is going to be wearing a mask, is going to be um, wearing uh, some sort of eye protection, and, um, and you'll see that there's uh, plexiglass barriers in places where they weren't before. Um, you know, our, our goal here is to make this a safe place for patients to come and receive care, for their families to come and be with their, their uh, children, and a safe place for our staff to come and work. And I think we've been very successful in creating that here, while at the same time being able to care for some of these patients who have been infected with the virus. And it's very important, I'm, I'm sure, uh, not just for your, uh, your young patients, but also for parents to be able to visit with one another and have that, that, uh, that some sort of one-on-one contact. Yeah, we, I mean, we, we are all about family-centered care, and we recognize that um, parents are, are not visitors. They're partners with us in the care of their children. So we you know, really want to make sure that we maintain um, a, a close and nurturing and involved relationship with them uh, when their children are here because that they really are part of the care team. We, we don't look at them as visitors. Doctor, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you particularly wanted to share with our listeners before we wrap up our conversation this morning? Yeah, you know, um, I, I think some of the questions out there that we've been hearing from parents is, you know, what to look for, what to be concerned about uh, in terms of, you know, signs and symptoms. Um, it's not an easy question to answer uh, a lot of times, but I, I would like to just throw a few things out there Please do. for parents to consider. Um, like I said, most kids that get this are going to be asymptomatic or have some very mild symptoms. And if it's something that, the, that a parent feels is they're able to manage at home, then it's perfectly fine to do that. I would recommend them contacting their pediatrician to inform them and just to get, you know, make sure that there's nothing else that the pediatrician is concerned about. Um, if a, if a young person has a fever that's going on more than about three to five days and starts having flu-like symptoms, that definitely warrants at least a phone call to the pediatrician. You know, we do see this entity that you've heard about in the news undoubtedly called MISC or multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children. And while it's very rare, it can be quite serious for children. So um, normally those children look and feel very ill. They look like they have a flu-like illness, and they often will have fever for several days. Um, some may have a rash. Some may have uh, some vomiting and diarrhea, but they do look ill. And if you see that type of um, thing in a child, um, then I definitely would recommend contacting your pediatrician, or if you feel like you need more emergency care, then please bring them to the emergency department here at Joe DiMaggio, because our emergency department physicians have been uh, had extra training in how to recognize this and um, how to identify it early so we have the best possible outcomes. And the good news is that the patients that we have had here with it have done exceptionally well and, and um, are on the road to a full recovery. 
Dr. Ronald Ford, Chief Medical Officer at Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. I've really enjoyed our conversation, and I thank you for uh, allowing me to throw a few hardballs your way. <laughs> me too. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> all right. Please pass along our gratitude to everybody at Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital for all the great work you all do. Absolutely. Thank you so much.